news from Comic-Con, super violent Pokemon, a new Paul Pope book, and a bunch of other stuff this week on the Big Planet Comics Podcast. Who's back? Back again. <laughs> hey, what's up, guys? I'm just singing that song from Despicable Me 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, uh, hey, everybody. This is episode 88 of the Big Planet Comics Podcast. Yeah. Oh, my sound effects aren't working. No. I'm like jamming, tap, tap, on, tap, tap, I'm tap. jamming on the table and nothing's happening. Oh. Uh, what, a, what a terrible thing. Oh, wait, wait. Yeah. Oh, that's what's really yeah. back. My name is Kevin. I'm Nick. I'm Jared. Yeah, and this is episode 88 of the Big Planet Comics Podcast. You guys, uh, we're here. Yeah. We're doing our thing together uh, again. Last week I was gone, and then, well, no, that was two weeks ago. and then Three weeks before, ago? Yeah, four yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, so uh, I was on a little siesta. I don't know what you guys said about me because I didn't listen to the episode that I was <laughs> oh. on. Uh, we said you were on a siesta. Oh, well, there, there we go. Yeah. Yeah, I was moving. I've moved into a new house in Washington, D.C., Wow. So we're actually recording this podcast in a new location. Washington, D.C. <laughs> I'm going to do three weeks worth of a reggae air horns in one yeah, episode. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, fancy new studios. Fancy new studios, yeah. Uh, uh, this store is nice, you guys. So I work at our Vienna location. Mm-hmm. And Jared we and Nick, all work at the Vienna location. Well, once upon a time. Once upon a time. And Jared and Nick work out here in D.C. And they got a nice store. I'm looking at it. I'm liking it. I've been here before, but this is the first time I've been here on the podcast. (laughs) So I'm pretending it's the first time I'm here. So as always, you can uh, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. Yep, which you should do, and leave us comments. Yeah, leave us comments. Jared likes it when you do that. If they're nice. Yep. Uh, No meanies. Yeah, no no meanies, no fatties. fatties. Uh, uh, And you can... um, Go follow our Facebook. You can go on our Tumblr, which is now being updated much more regularly than it used With to be. With all kinds of good stuff. Yeah. And um, Twitter. Twitter. At Big Planet Comics. Yep. You know, whatever. Email us. Who are you got on the Tumblr? Is Kelly working? Yeah, Kelly, uh, who was on the podcast last week, from yep. what I understand. I heard Two it through the grapevine that she was on the podcast. <laughs> she's our new Tumblr queen. She's Yep, she's queen of Tumblr. And, uh, and cause she's queen of the world. So we wow. want to make that announcement. <laughs> She's taken over. That's why I, I, news section. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to save that for news. Uh, so what have you guys been up to? I've been watching a lot of videos of raccoons being thrown. <laughs> Is that true? More than one? Yeah, it started, it started with even know what that, that means. Po- that, did you see the one that popped up like uh, yesterday or the day before? No, I saw a raccoon like creeping across a... Uh, um, uh, power wire. Oh, that was. And then they were playing music from <laughs> this Sly Cooper video game. This video, I like that. Is that reference? Nick's like, oh yeah, that was good. Oh yes, this, oh, yeah, that was good. He's our <laughs> expert. This video popped up. That was a uh, <laughs> this guy. He was like a. He works for some company. I can't remember. But anyway, he was like. Uh, he went outside and he saw that his dog was being attacked by like a raccoon, and he, he runs to the bottom of the stairs and just grabs the raccoon and throws it down the stairs. Yikes! I, I was. Listening, but there's a oh. gif of it. Like, there's a gif of it, like where he's just constantly throwing it. Down down the stairs and it's from like the back of his head so you see the raccoon fly into the darkness and it's hilarious i don't condone it so <laughs> the actions of of this man but it's funny so it's been two weeks since we've done an episode that's pretty much what you've been doing the whole yeah. time well <laughs> as it turns out i googled 
raccoon throwing. <laughs> and I found that there's another video from last year where a chimpanzee throws a raccoon oh, wow. across wow. A, across a giant okay. enclosure. <laughs> I can I can get behind that. Yeah. Uh, and then I found out that there's somebody made a video of that with a raccoon flying through space. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when they Nick sent me a really funny video of uh, Benny Hinn. If people know who Benny oh, Hinn yeah. is, he's like a uh, what do you what do you call it? He's like a televangelist. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, he like he you know with the power of the Lord or whatever he like knocks people down right but it was just that all made into street fighter stuff oh <laughs> so he's awesome. throwing hadoukens at people's faces and they're like and flying stuff. backwards yeah yeah it's that's great. awesome uh yeah yeah what have you been up to jared uh, i went to the third annual dc zine fest oh i wanted to go to that but i was yeah yeah i didn't my mom was in town and i was moving and all that stuff but... she been like yo mom let's go check out some zines mom, let's look at some zines i was also some working. Are gonna be bad but i bet some of them are good some <laughs> are really good yeah uh there are people i'm like oh cool this is a great comic where are you from they're like chicago we drove here this morning. I was like, welcome. That's dedication. Yeah, there's some hardcore kids. You're like, why don't you just wait for cake next year? That's true. Not wait for cake like on your birthday. There's a why thing not? called the Chicago Alternative Comics Expo. I'm so, sure they go to that as well. Wait a second. Comics doesn't start with a K. I know. It's supposed to be case. Comics with a K and an X. Cage. <laughs> uh yeah yeah but uh so so was it cool it's like the tasty cake i know some uh some Oops. of our customers joe and rusty were there i did i saw them they had some new stuff uh out as usual they're always doing new stuff dirt worst is the name of their zine not just the quality uh, but yeah <laughs> uh it was a good turnout uh i was talking to one of the organizers said there were fewer people than last year but i was super busy when i was there and it was like every cool looking tattooed punky looking person in like the tri-state area Plus the DC area showed up. It was pretty awesome. <laughs> That's cool. Tri-state yeah. area plus the DC area. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. The DC tri-state area. Yeah. DC yeah. is not. A state See, I grew star. up in New York, so I think the tri-state area is like New York, New Jersey, and then the other one. That's my point. DC is not a state, so they all came down. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a thing. Oh, from the Poconos. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to say Poconos, you guys. From well, that D- sounds cool. From cool. DC's Long Island. Yeah, I've been. Uh, I've been moving. Yep. As everybody probably knows at this point. Uh, but that, that long uh, national tragedy is over. Uh, Jared, Jared was telling me that I should have gotten movers, and I think that he's probably right. I'm <laughs> amazed you didn't think of that earlier. <laughs> I wish I could have made that sad. Uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, what else, guys? What else? What else? Wait, what I- happens if I press this pitch down button? Whoa. Oh, it's the sad version. <laughs> that is <laughs> awesome. Oh, wait, hold on. Wait, do it first and then drop it. Hold on one second, you guys. Just just, just give me a second here. We love comics, swell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> you guys, dear. You guys might be hearing that later. <laughs> the, chop, the chopped and screwed version. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but basically just <laughs> moving. <laughs> the DJ. <laughs> Empire Records. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's about it. I got a roommate now. Nice. She draws comics. She's not talking about your wife. Um, I also have a wife. Wow. Yeah. I have a wife now. Does she live with you? She does, she lives with me, with me as well, and I got dogs. Nice. Now we have three dogs. Oh really? Yeah, because our roommate has a dog. What? Yep. So triple. Dog. I'll be over there later too. Yeah, yep. four dogs <laughs> playing playing FIFA. Uh, probably not watching the Justice League Flashpoint movie because I tried to watch it last night and it's really bad. Yeah, uh, yeah maybe we'll watch. Well, that. the story of Flashpoint <laughs> is so great. I know it's so good. Uh, sort of. I love it when Batman's electrocuting the Flash, <laughs> and then I. 
love it when he cries. Spoiler. It's beautiful. Batman? Batman cries. What? Yeah, because Flash brings him a letter from his dad, and he's Aww. like, hey, you know what? I love you. Spoiler alert. And Batman's like, you don't even know me. How did you end up Batman, too? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, yeah, cool. Well, that's that's it for what we've been doing, I guess. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Nick I really didn't do anything else. No? <laughs> I, did, I did go see Pacific Rim in oh. D-Box. Oh, my God. Pacific Rim was so good. <laughs> Inside of D-Box, if you guys don't know what D-Box I is. D-Box. It's like a movie theater with moving seats. <laughs> now, hold on. hold on. I saw an ad for D-Box, uh-huh. and it, the seats don't just move. They literally fly down the street. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you basically become part of the movie. I was inside of a mech fighting kaiju all day. That's awesome. great. Uh, so, was it cool when they moved, like, is it... It's yeah, I can, amazing, be, I can right? feel them like screwing pieces into the Jaeger. They're like, and then it was like walking. When it walks, is, is your seat like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so rad. Really sweet. Uh, really cool. I know Fast and the Furious 6 played that way, and I would love to see that. I want The Rock to punch me in the face, and I want to feel it, you know? <laughs> right. I want Gina Carano to throw me through a wall. <laughs> Not that doesn't have anything to do with D-Box. <laughs> uh, Just in general. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I wish I had seen it in D-Box. I, I only saw it in stupid IMAX 3D. <laughs> but it was so awesome. Did you do 3D D-Box? Yeah, yeah. 3D D-Box. So... I, so in 3D, like when your head tilts and stuff, it kind of goes out of focus. Right. Did you have a problem with that? No, not too bad. They put your head in like a clockwork orange. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just your body moves. Around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's good. That's smart that they do that. Yeah, it was all right. I, I think it might have been, I don't know. There's was there, it like there's one version of F-Box? I think it was Disney D- 3D or whatever. And I think that doesn't do the, the ghosting thing that happens when you're... Disney 3D? <laughs> yeah, whatever it's called. Real D. <laughs> oh, is that, the Dis- is that the Disney brand? 3D? Yeah. Wow. No. I think it's the one that doesn't do like everything. the ghosting or whatever when you tilt your head. Yeah. I don't know. It was good. It was awesome. That's what that comic Ghosted is about. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> was I here when you guys reviewed that? No. Nope. Uh, yeah, the stuff that I wasn't here when they reviewed Ghosted. It was really good. I also <laughs> like Sheltered. Sheltered also good. good. Yeah. Uh, I'm right. sure review all those comics let's, let's just review them again. No, we have Jared is has a list of like 55 comics that we're going to review this episode. Uh, so let's, let's do some stuff so we can get to those. Okay. Like some news. It's just in. Comic-Con 2013 is over. <laughs> 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 but we got some news from it. Uh, this is just stuff I could remember from off the top of my head. I'm sure there was a million other things. Um, I don't know, should I go biggest? I'll go with some smaller things first. Just start with the one that says number one. No, because those are the bigger things. All right, I'm going to go with first. Jason Aaron and Ed McGinnis are doing an amazing x-men books it's not an amazing x-men but it's called amazing x-men uh which means there's going to be now of 18 of X-Men, x-men books oh. um this one is has nightcrawler in it <laughs> he's back finally all righty cool yeah i was like eh, cool. <laughs> yeah. i like jason Aaron. Yeah, I, like jason I love wolverine and x-men i so, love uh the ghost rider comic that he wrote i do like ghost rider <laughs> uh and then this is crazy news that i don't know if jared saw this but eric chanor and gabriel rodriguez are doing little nemo in slumberland what <laughs> i don't like that that's I really see. weird it looks good because it's like in the same kind of format no, well you know you know i really weird i would say like i i wasn't into the idea of like uh redoing popeye either i guess you know yeah, it's kind yeah. of the same thing but then language and uh and the artist on that, whose name I can't remember, but is awesome, uh, did a really good job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, maybe... Uh, you should maybe see the pictures from it. It looks awesome. It like, looks like... Gabriel Rodriguez is the guy who does uh, Lock, Lock and Key. Key. Yeah, but 
But I, again, it doesn't look like lock and key, does it? No. Okay, good. It looks. You don't like the lock and key art? I mean, lock key is great. I think it would look terrible for little Nemo. Oh, it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it looks awesome. No, I do like the art in lock and key, but it's like that kind of deformed Nick Edwardsy yeah. type stuff. And the rest of the news I have here is movie news. So, surprise. Uh, so <laughs> coming in at number four. At the movie number con. four, uh, they had a panel for Guardians of the Galaxy. Where it was confirmed that Lee Pace is playing Ronin, the accuser. That's cool. Like, Sweet. Who's Lee Pace? Lee Pace was in Pushing Daisies. Yeah. Nope. And, and other stuff. Oh, Pushing Daisies is a good show, but that's the main thing. And Benicio Del Toro is playing the collector. <laughs> I don't even know who the collector is. He's a is. crazy Marvel Whoa, was this guy's name Digimon? <laughs> Digimon. Digimon Hansu from um, that movie where he it's played Gladiator. a slave. Oh, is it Metal? Gladiator. What is that movie? Gladiator. Uh, is it was Gladiator? Called, no. Oh, I guess he played a slave in Gladiator, too. Yep. It was called Digimon the Movie. I'm, I'm it had Metal Greymon in it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I forget what his character's name. It's some weird name. But uh, Oh, this isn't the character's name? This no, is this guy's real name? <laughs> <laughs> During the panel, they were like, they went down the line and they were like, tell us what your character is and a little bit about your character. And Jabin Huntsu, I think he wasn't supposed to because they were like, they immediately went to the next person because he was like, yeah, my character works a lot with Thanos. And they're like, all right, next person. Because <laughs> I think he was not supposed to tell that, uh, okay. that little secret. So, I was like, so he's playing death. So I guess Thanos is in it. <laughs> he's playing he's playing death that's cool that thanos is in it also uh karen gillen from doctor who's in it and she shaved her head i know i saw that really? from nebula yeah wow. she looks cool though. a bald character yeah uh i guess this ties into it so chris, chris pratt yeah hey how do you guys feel about glenn, glenn close being in this movie oh uh, great I, the, <laughs> is she the, playing rocket raccoon uh i don't, I don't know the greatest no, character. Is it like jim carrey rocket raccoon or something they haven't announced who, who rocket raccoon is or, or who jim carrey nobody's is. announced who jim carrey is <laughs> but uh oh what's his name um Steve Brule is, is in it. <laughs> oh, uh, John C. Riley. Oh, that's fantastic. Steve I hope he plays Groot. No, apparently he plays like some guy. Star Lord. <laughs> he, he's he, the main character. Because <laughs> they showed some footage and apparently he's in it. And that's cool. Star Lord flips him off or something. Star Lord's Chris Pratt, right? Yeah. Andy from Parks and Rec. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. Uh,. Other Marvel TV news. Number three. Kobe Smulders <laughs> announced that she's going to be on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah! And previously said, Robin Sparkles. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going to be, like, sporadic. She's on the first episode. Apparently she's on, like, sporadic episodes here and there. But I, I figure after How I Met Your Mother, she might be in it a lot. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, is that show ending at some this point? Season. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I just saw a hilarious promo for it where, like, the kids are like, when is this story going to end? That's a good <laughs> What is this, like, season 13? Yep. Yeah. Uh, um, and, uh... I guess related to all that and the fact that Thanos is in Guardians of the Galaxy. Can makes we just it... say Colby Smulders is awesome? Yeah, she is. Yeah, she's awesome. Okay. The fact that Thanos is in Guardians of the Galaxy makes it weird that he's not in Avengers because the Avengers 2 is now Avengers Age of Ultron. Hey, guess what, guys? Thanos will be in the end of Avengers 2. Yeah, <laughs> They'll be sure. in it somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah like, uh, but yeah, I think this is cool, though. I like that it's an yeah. Ultron story. I feel like it's weird because... The people that read comics are probably going to be a little confused because yeah. they well, just the, read Age of Ultron and no nobody was right. like, hey, let's get a movie of that. And it has nothing to do with <laughs> yeah, the exactly. comic. Yeah. And the weird thing that Joss Whedon said was that uh, Hank Pym does not create Ultron in this. Yeah. Which I thought was a weird thing. Which is weird because they, they have the rights to Hank Pym. But, but if they want to keep things simple, it's like yeah. they already have a but also, character. Yeah. But, he, but also the Ant-Man movie comes out after um, Avengers. And Hank Pym is in that, though not as Ant-Man. Which is <laughs> really confusing. But anyway... The, oh, because it's the irredeemable. Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's so, like Eric. What's his face? But um, Joss Whedon also said that he. Oh God, I lost my train of thought now. Something about. Oh yeah, so he said that he he it's still Ultron's still going to be created from something that it is directly tied to the Avengers. So I read a theory that said maybe it was going to be like um, well, it'll be J- Jarvis. 
like Iron, Iron Man's Jarvis, like you know the one that he talks to. It's like yeah, AI yeah. or, or whatever. extremist armor or something. Yeah. It'll like evolve and become Ultron or something like that. It'll be yeah. somehow closely tied to them. But anyway, uh, and then DC made a pretty big announcement. They're gonna make a Superman versus Batman movie, or is it Batman versus Superman? It's one of those two. Because <laughs> they said it's not gonna be Superman and Batman. It's it's versus. Is Somebody, it versus? Yeah. Wow. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize that because uh, I know a lot of people were saying that you know they hoped it was like Batman, like being like. Almost like an Alex Luthery type role of like, hey Superman, you're like here, you're an alien, you like destroyed a city, like what? Do you Which think? I guess it could be, yeah. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Uh, Zack Snyder's directing it, so I'm not interested in it. <laughs> it's weird that he's now in control of like the DC universe. It's cool. It's uh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's really weird. Uh, and uh, that was sarcasm. And apparently, they got Christopher can... Christopher Nolan to come back and produce these because he was probably like, man, this movie's made a lot of money. <laughs> Do you think they're yeah. going to try to pay Christian Bale like fifty billion dollars to be in this movie? No, they said they're going to recast it. No, oh, cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just that, that's like a mess. Yeah. I feel like yeah, it's. It's just a weird thing to do but at, this, really, at this point. Because it's like, why th- not get a younger guy who can commit for three movies for cheap? But I think it's smart also that they they use the success of the Superman movie to kind of make it easier for people to accept the new Batman in like a Superman movie. Yeah, I can right. see that. And then kind of like from that, they can kind of build a Justice League kind of like reverse Avengers. <laughs> like, right. And I guess this will be a few years before this comes out. It just feels really soon after right, like the end of Batman to... Because I guess... Are the other Batman movies a shared universe? Will this be Bruce Wayne? I don't even know. I, don't I think know. it'll no, it'll be Bruce Wayne, and it won't be connected to any of those. Yeah, yeah. Either. Which is weird to have Christopher Nolan producing movies that are right. in the same universe, but not connected in the same universe to his movies that he made before. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> uh, and that's that's all the Comic Con stuff. I couldn't. There's more stuff, but I couldn't remember any of it. Do you guys remember any more Comic-Con? I remember, uh, well, not really news, but there were a couple of funny things that happened. Uh, Tom Hiddleston came out during the Avengers, like, Marvel panel, and he yeah, was dressed right. up like Loki. Yeah. Like, the lights went out, and he was, like, you know, making fun of everybody. Like, he was, like, calling everybody names, and right. I don't know. It, it was, He's it telling was, people to lean, kneel and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and that, <laughs> was, that was cool. Also, the thing with Brian Cranston from yeah. Breaking Bad was pretty funny. He was walking around the floor with a Brian Cranston mask on. Oh, yeah. And, up like and um... Uh, what's his face? Doctor Who was in a Bart Simpson co- yeah, costume. Yeah. yeah, I thought that was pretty funny too. <laughs> That's so awesome. yeah, I don't know. Comic Con seems like it was. You know, seems like there was a lot of cool stuff. I ordered an exclusive Comic Con toy for myself. Well, done. oh yeah, I saw that. It's the uh, Friday the Thirteenth figure based on the terrible uh, JLN Friday the Thirteenth game for Nintendo. Yeah, yeah. LJN, awesome. LJN, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. JLN, and he's like purple and stuff. <laughs> JLN's really the boy band. That I'm in. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, no, that's KLN. That's uh, Kevin. Just love and needed. Yeah, just, know, yeah, 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 sure. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you need it to be. But. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's it for news. Uh, let's get into a question, the, uh, yeah. sort of. <laughs> uh, this week we got. Well, it's kind of um, a comment. A comment. So this is from Peter at Hipster Pete. Uh, I guess he sent in a question last week. I wouldn't know. I did not listen to the episode. He says, loved last week's podcast. Oh, well, I'm not needed here yeah, anymore, nice. you guys. <laughs> uh, but y'all crazy bastards. Uh, forgot Jim Gordon is also an ex-military badass. Uh, and this is Jim Gordon from Earth One? Year One. If I heard you guys. Batman Year, year one. one. Oh, Year One. Okay. Yep. And he conveniently on his tweet linked to a picture showing that he was 
like in an image from the comic of like I'm gonna beat up some green berets. And you're like, oh yeah, he's pretty tough. I like that his tweet had like a bibliography. I did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Notes. Well, we'll never forget again, Peter. At I don't know. I still don't know who would win. What was the question? <laughs> who would win in a fight between Commissioner Gordon and from Batman Year One and Alfred from Batman Earth One? Were they oh, both uh, ex-military dudes. Uh, Batman Year One, just because it's a better comic. <laughs> it's true. Because it's 500. It, it would win because it's drawn by David Mesquite. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Th- so that's it for questions. Uh, we need more questions, you guys. Yeah. yeah. Perhaps we should reach out in some fashion. Here, uh, here's a question. Per- perhaps perhaps our listeners should reach out to us. Please do. And send us questions at podcastatbigplanetcomics.com. <laughs> or send us questions at Big Planet Comics. Like Peter just send them at the store. Just send them at the store. Just like paper airplanes. Yep, just like in in that movie Paper Man. And um, also, you can send them on Facebook. Yep. You can ask us in person. You can tweet them. We'll probably ask you. Is that what it's called? (laughs) Twit twit them? I believe it's called tweeting. (laughs) (laughs) Is that how the... I, how, do, you how, have do, a, how do the English say it? Aren't you at the real H.H. H. Holmes? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I, uh, it's so That's my Tumblr. Because there was already uh, an H.H. H. Holmes, right? So you were like, the real H.H. H. Holmes? <laughs> well, I didn't actually check to see if there was an H.H. H. Holmes, but I wanted to be the real H.H. <laughs> H. H. Holmes. <laughs> That's great. Uh, yeah, so uh, send them to those and follow Nick's Tumblr. <laughs> yeah. I think the only thing he's done is follow uh, my comic. Yeah, because I think I immediately forgot the past. <laughs> Follow my comic, y'all. It's called Zodiac Star Force. Yes. <laughs> and uh, SPX is coming up really soon, too. That's kind yep. of a news thing. Yep. Like, less than two months away. That's crazy. Yeah, just announced that Jeff Smith is going to be there. Nice. Yeah, so that's cool. The guy wrote Razzle? Yeah. <laughs> the professional Razzler, Jeff Smith. All right, cool. Well, uh, you guys want to do some reviews? Yep. Let's do it. We love comics. We love comics. They're swell. Except when they're written by Scott Lovedell. I prefer important books like Louis Riel. It's time for reviews. I forgot I was going to pitch that down, you guys. Here we go. We love comics. They're swell. Except <laughs> when they're written by Scott Lovedale. I prefer important books like Louis Riel. It's time for reviews. That's All right. Awesome. It's, it's time for reviews. Uh, Wait, I can I only pitch down or up as well? Wait, hold on. We love comics, <laughs> they're swell, except when they're written by That sounds like Kevin's normal singing. <laughs> it kind of does, like when I was in a punk band. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> that's when I watch, uh, sometimes I watch things on PlayStation 3 at 1.5 speed. I'm like, I want to watch this movie, but I only want it to be 60 minutes long. <laughs> and then everybody talks really fast. All right, up this week, we've got Batman 66, number one. This is written by Jeff Park Er. Park or okay, <laughs> just yeah. who wrote Jeff Park? Me. I was making sure that I wasn't getting the person wrong. Uh, Jeff Parker, who's of course wrote Agents of Atlas, the yep. Marvel series that was canceled seven times but yep. brought back eight times. Yep. And uh, the arts by Jonathan Case, who drew the Creep, the Creep, right? What, which Creep? The Creep. Oh, the comic. The, creep. the comic. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, Green River Killer. And Green River yeah. Killer. Yeah, which was awesome. Yeah, which well. was really awesome. And this was awesome too. And uh, great covers on this by Michael Allred. Indeed. So the idea behind Batman sixty six is that it's a comic that takes place in the universe of the old Batman television show. From when did that run? Nineteen sixty six. I think it was only one or two seasons. Was so, it? Yeah. But that was the same year Star Trek came on. What a weird time to be wow. watching TV. That's some yeah. pop culture. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, and it's like you know the Adam West, Burt Ward, Cesar Romero, you know the Joker with the with the makeup over top of the mustache. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and I felt like uh, Jeff Parker did a really good job of capturing the feel of that universe. Yeah, it feels exactly like 
the show. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that's different is there's some slightly like modern kind of little sayings in there. Like they'll say little things here and there that made it sound a little more modern, but I could see that. And the art, uh, the art was pretty cool. Jonathan Case was, uh, they did kind of a finish on it that was replicated some of the sort of errors of four color printing. Yeah. But it, it almost gives it almost a 3D look as well. It's like this weird. Yeah, somebody color was offset. Somebody process. was like, uh, "Does this come 3D with 3D glasses?" Right. Literally, just not yeah. joking. They yeah. were wondering what yeah. was wrong with the book. But Jared, you were saying you liked it because it was like sort of, uh, you know, like the Riddler actually has riddles. Yeah, it. it's it's the fun side of the Batman universe yeah. that you just don't see anymore, and it's like anywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly. kind of how Batman was, before, like during this time. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah. It was it was a really I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot of fun. It wasn't quite as campy as the show. Like, they weren't doing, like, huge pow and biff sound effects and, like, the spinning effect. You know, like, if you go back to the show, they do some ridiculous over-the-top stuff, like the tilted sideways shots sure. and stuff. Yeah. And so they took all that out, and that tones it down just enough to just be a fun Batman adventure. I thought it was great. But then I thought what was nice was they were able to do things that they definitely wouldn't be able to do on the show. Like, there's a fight that takes place on top of an airplane. Yeah. Right. Like, and that was cool. And uh, so I thought I, I thought it was nice that they were sort of able to add big action scenes. I'm hoping we'll get to stuff like, you know, stuff that takes place on giant typewriters. And right. Stuff, and you know I, I do like they, they kept the gag of them, like, walking up the side of a building. And, and then, like, like, Dracula comes out. Somebody, somebody yeah. famous or somebody coming out. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, so keep an eye out for, like, Phyllis Dillon. Or something. Think, yeah, it's <laughs> like random uh, Charles random Nelson Riley or yeah. something. Uh, yeah, but overall, this was like super fun. Yeah, I thought yeah, it was it great. Was great. Yeah, it. very colorful uh, and just uh, you know in writing and art. And the most like, fun I've had with a DC comic since 1966. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I think this like is three years ago. Or something. Really, what yeah. DC line needed right now? I think it's great. Yeah, unfortunately, it's you know not really indicative of any changes in any, no, anything true. else that they're doing. But uh, but it was still good. All right, up next we got a couple of uh, vampire books. Yeah. Yeah. You would think that uh, people wouldn't want any more vampire books. Vampires are hot now, man. Yeah, but vampires are hot. Uh, (laughs) And when we say hot, we mean sexy. So up first we've got, uh, uh, let's start with the more serious vampire book. This is called Daymen. Deadly serious. Uh, It's got a logo that looks a lot like the Mad Men logo. Uh, This is written by Matt Gagnon and uh, Michael Allen Nelson and drawn by Brian Stelfreeze, who's been doing comics I've read in the back for 30 years. That's crazy. That's a lot of really? years. That's a lot of years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Whoa. Uh, yeah but uh, the art in this was awesome. Still amazing. Yeah. So, Jared, what did you think of Damon? I thought it was really good. Uh, so, this is basically the idea that since vampires can't go out during the day, they have hired a bunch of, like, uh, kick-ass humans who are kind of like their enforcers slash bodyguards, splat, you know, whatever. They do the protection and dirty jobs that happen during the day. Dirty so, jobs with Mike Rowe. Could yes. You? Yeah, they're uh, sort of like blades. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Walkers. Yeah, so there's a guy named David Reed who like works for one of the clans of vampires, and just like all the kind of missions and stuff he goes on, and then he ends up having to also do stuff like, oh, kind of one of our younger, stupider vampires who's always driving trouble, go take care of some situation he's in, and he finds himself in over his head as usual. Um, but I thought it was really cool. Yeah, so that's kind of what these two families that run everything, right? The Virgos yeah. and the Ramses? I think yeah. so. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. And he works for one of them. And uh, yeah, it seems like he spends most of his time dealing with like one of their kids who's kind of a, a screw up. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also stuff like, you know, pay off cops and clean up where we murdered someone yesterday and go take some food to one of my mistresses and stuff like that. Yeah, so, so I mean, the yeah, easiest way to like describe it, it's kind of like a, it's like a mob comic, but yes. all the mobsters are vampires. <laughs> and yeah. they only come out at night. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought they did a really good job uh, 
with what Jared was talking about. Just there's a, kind of a little montage scene showing yeah. everything he does, and you just, sometimes that stuff can feel really like uh, like a lot of exposition. But I thought it was really well done, and uh, I thought the art in this was really yeah, really was good, awesome. Yeah, it's, it's like great. Brian Stelfreeze's stuff is pretty straightforward. It's got a little bit of a, like a trad more feel to it, but not as maybe not as energetic as yeah. that. But uh, but overall, it was just like really solid and uh some cool action yeah and it just it seems to be going places they set up a lot of yeah, stuff it gets at the end issue. and you're like here we go yeah. like it, there's cool stuff happened but you definitely have a good storyline set up at the end too yeah and the last panel's uh kind of creepy yeah <laughs> and awesome. then uh on the lighter side of things there was a book that came out this week called blood brothers uh and this was written by a few different people it was written by mike gagerman andrew waller and ethan cohen Eaton Cohen. He did the story. The other two wrote it. Okay, that works. <laughs> and uh, yeah, sure. And then and then art by Evan Shaner, who kind of has a Chris Samney type look to his art. A little bit, yeah. yeah, yeah, really good too. Yeah, or like um, David. Wait, who's the guy that's drawn David Aha? The David Aha. Aha. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I thought this was really cool too. It was almost like uh, like a buddy. Well, I would say buddy cop, but it's more like a buddy crime. <laughs> right right yeah and it, it's about a couple guys who have been vampires for a long time like a very very long time thousands of years yep and um have never managed to use that to get ahead in life so yeah. they still have to take on crappy jobs and they become um like bail bondsmen basically yep. <laughs> and so it almost has uh it reminded me a lot of i don't know if you guys remember the daughters of the dragon miniseries yeah, that came yeah. out oh, a yeah. few years ago it was awesome. but it reminded me a lot of that uh not just because there's somebody with an afro in it but uh, <laughs> yeah it was like that but with the feel of something like lethal weapon because the the book right. was really funny yeah i mean it's hilarious i like one of the one of them is more of a kind of a screw up than the other but they both kind of have their problems where they just just can't seem to get their their crap together and i don't know it leads to some really hilarious uh circumstances um yeah not to give too much away but one of my favorite scenes is uh <laughs> there's a part where a guy gets hit in the head with a two by four with a nail in it and it just sticks in his head yeah <laughs> and i don't know why that just yeah. cracked me and up. there's hilarious flashback flashbacks to, like the signing of the declaration of independence or like, an orgy when they're painting the sistine chapel <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah it's 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 got really funny stuff like that but also like a really cool kind of story about possibly like the end of the world happening um yeah also mixed in with like one of them is like you need to stop dating your human girlfriend because she's gonna get old and die you know like a lot of like interplay between the two vampires and there's just personality clash of like always you know being best friends for so long but you know having such different takes on everything yeah and they have like rules they've set up like yeah. you yeah. know don't date anybody for more than a month right yeah. of course they break rules and stuff goes bad and they're yeah they're kind of chuckleheads in some ways but Good personality. Couple of chuckleheads. Couple of chuckleheads. <laughs> yep. They're yeah. It's really funny and really cool and engaging and and it. I, I'm excited about the second issue. It was a breezy, fun read. <laughs> Perfect for summer. <laughs> Take it to the beach. Uh, yeah, yeah. I loved it a lot. Yes. Um, it's so good. Yeah. We sold out of it really fast, but we'll get some more. I'll get more. Yep. All right. Up next, we got a little mini comic. And when I say little, this was a really short comic. This is uh, called Cutaway Comics by uh, Dan Zetwak. Is that any so Zetwich? For sure. But he wrote uh, Bird's Eye Bristow, which is a graphic novel that we reviewed very positively on the show uh, about a year ago. And uh, this is a very, very 
it's what is this eight pages maybe something 12 like. this uh, is one of the ones that oily comics uh publishes and their model is to do these kind of 12-ish page things like kevin said are like what two by three inches they're very yeah, tiny they're very small they're true mini but comics. they're also a dollar yeah yeah so. and that's charles <laughs> charles forsman's company oily yep. they put out cool stuff they put out uh the uh end of the effing world yeah <laughs> yes that uh, feels so stupid saying that but uh yeah and then they put out uh, uh another comic called lou that's really good that's a lot of good stuff yeah uh and this this was really good it was just very much like uh Oh, see, we're in D.C., so you guys can hear some uh, police sirens. Some sirens. Yep. But, we're uh, right next to the police station and the fire station. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, this was, it's about, uh, is it James Autobahn? Is that his name? Yeah. Uh, and just about him wanting to get inside of a tree to look at some birds that live inside of it. Yeah. It's like this epically large, hollowed-out tree that has, like, a hole way up the trunk where, like, these weird birds live. And he's like, I must observe them, but how do I climb up there? And that's the entire issue. It's like... Yeah. Trying you get a lot of little, little information about the birds and what they do yeah. and stuff. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, and uh, and he's great at that. He he's very good with like diagrams and things like that yeah. and cutaways. And there's a lot of that in in there, uh, mixed with kind of a uh, who's the guy that pushes the rock up the hill and then it comes back down. Sisyphus. Sisyphus. Yeah, kind of like a little Sisyphus story going. <laughs> Is on it Sisyphus? Yeah, it's Sisyphus. Isn't he the one who carries the whole the bucket with water? In it? That's, no, that's Atlas. Jack and Jill. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but uh, I, I found this to be pretty enjoyable. And it's just part one, so I, yeah. I, I don't know how long I it's going to be. I think it's going to be three. Yeah, but, uh, but it was a cute little book. It was great. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. What, what's up next, you guys? We got Gamma. The Gamma One-Shot by uh, Ulysses Fairness, who did uh, Motro for Activate, and he also did something in the recent Catalyst comics, yeah. and um, he's done some other stuff as well. He's got a bunch, <laughs> bunch of stuff coming up, and uh, he co-wrote this with Eric Freitas, who I think is like his best bud, and then uh, Ulysses did all the art for this, and uh, it's kind of like, what would you call it, like a, like a post-apocalyptic Western Pokemon? Yeah, crossed with Godzilla. It's basically like a disgraced Pokemon trainer trying to find his... His way back, <laughs> but it's great. Um, yeah, very, very disgraced. It starts out with him. Uh, basically, he's taking a job working at a bar where you're allowed to. Is it punch the coward? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And so people just pay fifty dollars to punch him in the face. Yeah, and then you kind of find out through the story why, like what happened. And then there's some crazy Pokemon type battles. They're not called Pokemon, but uh, they're pretty much Pokemon. Yeah, Monster I mean his trainer. His name is even like. His last catch name, all. catch them all, yeah, like, oh, right. like Ash Ketchum from totally Pokemon, yeah, oh. uh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, and he's even got a Pikachu type creature, which is really funny, yeah, but it's uh, there's there's a part where the Pikachu creature is like surfing on a frying pan that gets thrown through a window that cracks <laughs> me up, great. yeah, but uh, yeah, the whole thing has just like a crazy, crazy feel to it, uh. His art is very uh, reminiscent of somebody like Seth Fisher. Yeah. And mm-hmm. also, I'd say Brandon Graham a lot as yeah, well. Definitely. And uh, the colors in this are very Brandon Graham-ish as well. Yeah. And just very Ulysses Fairness. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's really funny. Just just hilarious. I mean, it's great. If you like Pokemon, you'll love this. It's like kind of like the funniest Pokemon parody, but like kind of depressing. I don't know. It's great. Well, I thought and it was a really good story with like building what, through the flashbacks, everything that happened. And like, he's a fascinating character. He's, you know, especially the setup. You're like, why is this dude letting people punch him in the face? And yeah. why does he think he is the world's biggest coward? And yeah, that's yeah, a, he's a, amazing. He's a very atypical hero right. and he takes a very atypical journey that doesn't yes. end in the way that you would expect it to. Yeah. It's, I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely check it out. And it's, I feel like it feels very complete as well. Like, yeah. It's just, just a single issue. Yeah. Done. I think so. it was the stuff and Dark Horse Presents, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, up next we've got um, 
Uh, Hunger? Yeah, a book that didn't feel very complete to me. This is Hunger <laughs> number one. This is written by Joshua Helfiakoff, who's writing The Ultimates at the moment and also wrote uh, The Amazing Masters of the Universe, The Origin of Skeletor. <laughs> oh, which, yeah. uh, did we pick that as our best single issue last year? I don't know. It was, no. it was up there. It was awesome, though. It was definitely up there. And uh, the art in this is by Leonard Kirk, who I believe is also the artist currently on The Ultimates. No. No. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. Uh, Leonard Kirk's drawn a bunch of stuff, uh, including the aforementioned Agents of Atlas. Yeah. Yeah, I believe I'm correct that's about true. that one, I at least. I think that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this spins out of the end of Age of Ultron, not yep. the second Avengers movie, but the miniseries. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Not a lot happens in this. Maybe it does. It's weird. It kind of, a lot happens. But... On the last two pages? <laughs> no, a lot happens. It's just that the main thrust of the book does not happen until the last few pages. The, the rest of it's like basically a side story yeah, so, until it ties together. So this follows Rick Jones, who is, uh, he's sort of, uh, he works for The Watcher, I guess. Yeah, he's, he's been in uh, some of the other Ultimate books. Yeah, so he's sort of an assistant to The Watcher, and he's trying to get away from him because he just wants to have a day off. It yeah. seems like go and get the some hamburgers. Yeah, yeah, he wants to go to the burger shack and get some burgers. And the watcher's like, "No, man, there's a lot of stuff going on. Like you're supposed to be helping me out here." And he's like, "Oh, I don't want to." And then <laughs> uh but basically it's all just a setup for the end of this book. Yeah, the end up and basically catches up to the end of Age of Ultron where like all of space and time gets broken and he experiences that. And then Galactus comes into the ultimate universe and that's about it. Yeah, is it can we just talk about what happens at the end? Yeah, sure, sure because Galactus comes from the regular Marvel universe who's the big tall guy in the purple suit. But in the Ultimate Universe, they have their own version of Galactus, which oh, is you kind mean of like Galactus. Yeah, yeah. I'm afraid so. <laughs> which I believe was a Warren Ellis creation, where he's basically like a swarm of nanites that just eat everything. He's like and the, those were actually really good stories. <clears throat> he's like the Galactus right. from the Fantastic Four movie. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah not that not. bad. He's not a cloud, but he's it's kind close. Of, yeah. Um, yeah, and so at the end of this, basically. Uh, this swarm of ships that are the Galactus in the Ultimate Universe and the regular Galactus sort of both decide that they're going to eat each other and then they just merge together and he becomes like Super Saiyan Galactus. Super Galactus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that part was awesome. I was like, yeah. all right. Like, all right. Big Galactus. Let's do this. I'm happy with a giant Galactus. Now here's the problem with this book. Uh, I originally was solicited as being a one-issue thing, like an epilogue to, um, to Age of Ultron. And... It leads into a bigger thing involving Galactus eating the Ultimate Universe called, like, Ultimate Cataclysm or something. So it kind of feels like just, like, an in-between thing that's not completely necessary. So is this yeah. just a one-shot? No, it's, no, it's four, four issues. Oh, okay. That's yeah. the thing. It was stretched out to four issues, but it seems like it was probably something that could have been done. Yeah, one issue. it could have been one crazy issue, and so it's going to be one okay miniseries. Yeah. Can we talk about the cover <clears throat> of this? Because I'm Which pretty awesome. sure this is just blown-out art from the cover of one of the Ultimate Galactus comics. <laughs> yeah could be i'm almost a hundred percent sure that it is uh because it's really blurry and uh, it looks like the same artist like i think it's brandon peterson but uh or adi granoff yeah but uh yeah i don't know i i think we'll see where it goes from here and yeah. if the uh, the thing is there's just not a lot to it yeah so issue two again this will be the make or break for it because this was okay and when they dissolve the Ultimate Universe, which is what's going to happen probably, so, yeah. uh, hopefully they bring Miles Morales over into the regular universe because he's too good of a character. I feel lose. like that's going to happen. Yeah. But everything else in the Ultimate Universe can go away. I don't care. <laughs> All right. All right uh, up next, we've got a book uh, that is very, very exciting. This is The Invincible Haggard West, number 101. Uh, we talked about the previous 100 issues on every other podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this uh, is the last one, though. Yep. And it's called The Death of Haggard West. This is written by Paul Pope. Spoiler. And, and this is uh, not actually issue 101 of anything. It's uh, set up to be... What are you talking about? It says right here on the inside, 
Thank you for publishing this, the purchasing this, the final issue of Invisible Haggard West. And special thanks to all the fans for following his exploits all these many years. KM Siege publisher. But the joke's on you. Because this is a prequel to Battling Boy. Yep. Which is awesome. Yep. Uh, so, uh, I am the worst person to speak about this because I am the biggest Paul Pope fanboy in the well, world. We all saying like... something because everyone here loves Paul Pope. Yeah, yeah. I'm, gonna say, I'm saying we all love Paul Pope, so you yeah. can just speak freely. Okay. Uh, so basically, uh, this is a chapter pulled out of his larger graphic novel called Battling Boy, which will be out in October, which will be a two-volume graphic novel series. And uh, this is basically the prologue. Set, sort of. It's like set in a city where uh, called Acropolis, where there's a group of kind of big Godzilla-like monsters, plus a bunch of uh, like super villainy, like you know, more superhuman people. Uh, running around, and the only person who can really stop them is the Invisible Haggard West, who's kind of a rocketeer-type superhero who's got lots of technology and stuff. And as it says, this is where he finally loses to these bad guys, Um, thus setting up the arrival of Battling Boy, which uh, we were lucky enough to get a preview copy of the whole Battling Boy graphic novel, and all I can say is it's going to be one of the best things of the year. All I can say is, Nick, will you read that so I yes. can read it? Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, but as a standalone thing, this was very cool. Um, yeah. It's it's just a fight, Yeah, yeah. basically. What a great fight. Yeah. And super energetic art. Anything that gets set up with the characters is not going to get paid off for a while. But, right. uh, but, it, but yeah, it was still very, very awesome. And, of course, the Paul Pope's art is incredible. Yeah. Um, the colors in this were also really good. I, Jared, I mean, do you want to talk about Paul Pope's art? A little bit? I can't. Just It's the best. Okay. Well, Paul Pope has a super dynamic art style. I'd say he's very influenced by people like uh, Alex Toth. Uh, yep. is a huge influence on him. Uh, he's very he's very loose, Pratt. loose with his brush. Yeah. Uh, but in, in the best way, like like the best artists are. Uh, yeah. Uh, Hugo Pratt is, a, is also a big influence. And I'd say um, there's another guy that, that does art now who I don't, would, wouldn't say is an influence on Paul Pope, but Sam Heaty. Yeah. Uh, their art styles remind me of one another a lot. It's awesome. And it's, it's awesome, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's just really good. And the coloring is awesome. I don't know if Jose Villarubia colored this, but usually he colors Paul Pope's stuff, and it looks really cool. Um, and this is no exception. This is the, yeah. the best comic in the world yeah so basically <laughs> uh sadisto and his gang of supervillains are kidnapping children and you don't know why you find out that haggard west has a daughter who's been like helping him out on all of his missions and uh thought before one of the kids were getting kidnapped in the big fight with sadisto and all of his men and then basically at the end there's a little bit of what the daughter finds out a secret about her dad that is going to lead into something much bigger. And then in the next page of the graphic novel, Battling Boy will show up. But he's not in this issue. So my problem with this is, having read both, this issue is awesome, but the book is so much better with the extra payoff on it. So, But also, you know, most people can don't have that opportunity. So right. most people are four months away from reading so that's what I'm saying, Boy like, at the moment. Buy this now and then know that the graphic novel is even better. There you go. Our highest recommendation. Yes. So good. Yep. All right. Up next we've got... Uh, a book that is a little hard to describe. This is called It Will All Hurt, number one. A little hard to yeah. describe. This is by uh, Feral Dalrymple. I don't know if we have a copy here even. But, uh, yeah, th- so this is put out by, um, what, this is a study group? study group that put this out? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And study group's been putting out a lot of cool stuff. We're going we're gonna to probably talk about a bunch of their comics over the next few episodes. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't, 
I'm uh, even flipping through this. I was like, oh, I'm going to grab a copy and it'll be easy for me to, to describe, but it's not, <laughs> it's very stream of consciousness. It flips through a bunch of different stories that are, loosely tied together. Yeah. They loosely sure how, yeah. And, and it's not even, and sometimes it's just visually, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard to explain. One of the characters is a girl who reveals very quickly that she's really just a squirrel who takes the shape of a girl. Uh, for example, <laughs> right. Or and then there's like different realities and visions, it's basically and a bunch of people with powers around. Yeah. A b- bunch of people with powers being attacked by kind of, um, s- shadow beings from sent by some villainous character. And that's like our best explanation. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but it's beautiful. The art yeah. is fantastic. Uh, I, I've, I've liked Farrell Dal- Dalrymple stuff for a long time. He did a thing called pop gun war a long yeah. time ago. And he also drew, uh, the very underrated Omega, the unknown miniseries right. by Jonathan Lethem. And, uh, the art in this is great. And I, even though it was very, I would say, stream of consciousness, I found it to be really engaging and fascinating at the same time. And it says parts one and part two, so obviously, like, he was trying to build this out as a story with, you know, concrete plot lines and stuff. It's just so loose in how it's coming out. It's just a little difficult to get into, I think. But yeah, but it's not done yet either. No, no, exactly. So, this yep. is issue one. Yeah, so, so uh, and it's also on the webpage. Yep. If you If you guys wanted to check it out, it's on it? studygroupcomics.com. Which has a ton of great stuff on it. Uh, I just noticed that... Um, Oh man, uh, who does Morningstar? Uh, Kazmir Sturzpeck. Yeah, is doing his follow up to Morningstar on there, among other amazing cartoonists. Very so cool. A lot of really good comics on there. For Morningstar free. is that's something we should go back and retroactively review on one of these episodes. Let's it's do a, it. It's a great, great book. <laughs> we could do like our classics. Yeah, Big Planet Comics classics. Uh, <laughs> all right, cool. Well, uh, I, I think we all liked it. We'll, it will all hurt though. So, yeah, uh, it is awesome. All right, up next we've got a book. I didn't get a chance to read this. I really want to read this and talk about it next time, you guys. Come on. Oh, my God. Yeah. Which one is it? Last of the Mohicans. Oh. This is like my book. Yeah. Yeah. Jared's Jared's not going to like it, but we're going to skip this. All right. I I'll only like it if you actually catch up on all the other stuff you didn't read. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. So we're moving on to two other books uh, that uh, one of these was a free comic book day book that then got reprinted for everybody that missed it. And then there was also an issue two. This is Mysterious Strangers, number one and two, written by Chris Roberson, who uh, used to write a bunch of superhero stuff and then defected and wrote a really uh, um, derisive letter about right. DC Comics. Yeah. And, oh, right. Yes. Yeah, also saying Old Man River. Yep, he did. Yep, uh, his father, Paul Robertson, did. <laughs> and uh, the artist is by uh, Scott Kowalchuk, who I don't know, but did a fantastic job. He did a bang-up job on this. Nick, why don't you tell people what The Strangers is about? Serious Strangers is uh, the closest thing I could describe to is kind of like um, The oh. Avengers. Um, not the Marvel the Avengers, TV but the, the TV show. Um, it's kind of very mod. Um, and it's about a bunch of people who have powers who kind of go on kind of crazy missions. Um and that's kind of about it. And, and it is set during the Cold War, so you get the very retro, yeah, kind of pulp adventure. And, and so style. this first story is basically uh, they're sent to this this island um, to investigate, kind of like their their nemesis occult is up to something there, and they are trying to figure out what they're up to and stop them. Um, and that's kind of it. Um, they have some some interesting powers, like that. Like one of the one of the characters is like a woman who can kind of make things age. Which is pretty interesting. So um, the gun will just rust to pieces. Yeah, and they have like one guy who's like a super genius. They have like a brute. They just have like a cool kind of group of people. 
Um, but they all have pretty interesting personalities, and I don't know. It's just really fun. It's it's the closest I could describe to you is like the Avengers, like the yeah, or show. or uh, it's also a lot like the classic Doom Patrol. I would say right, yeah, like yeah. the original Doom Patrol from the sixties, yeah, because they're very like they're very like ragtag. They're almost like I don't want to say like freakish, but you know they're like kind of like that sixties kind of yeah thing. And Jared showed me that the two covers connect together. Whoa. Did you guys know the covers That's for uh, The Wake also connect together? Whoa. What? Yeah, no, they look really awesome. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, but I thought this was super fun. Uh, this is this is the kind of thing you could see coming from the brain of, like, um, uh, Mike Allred or something. And yeah, maybe it, Mike Allred rubbed off on Chris Roberson yeah, because right, so. they did iVampire together. Um, but, yeah, it's also got, like, elements kind of, like, ramped up pulp Indiana Jones stuff. You know, they're fighting, a, you know, crazy cultist in the jungle. Yeah, there's aliens inside and, of an ancient temple. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yep. it's, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> Just like everybody's favorite Indiana Jones movie, <laughs> Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, starring Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Indeed. Dan Aykroyd is the Crystal Skull. As the vodka magnate. Uh, yeah, yeah, but I thought these were really fun, super pulpy. Uh, yeah, they have that kind of Doc Savage, Indiana Jones thing going on. It's good stuff. Yeah. It's and good. these first two were like the first storyline, so then it will move on to their next adventure. Yeah, we we sold out so. of the free comic book day once so fast I never got a chance to read it, so I was happy to go back and, uh, and check this out, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, the art's really cool. Yeah, and uh, the coloring is good, too. Yeah. <laughs> I always like to talk about coloring. I don't know why. Because it ma- makes a difference. It, does, <laughs> it difference. definitely does make a difference. Speaking of good coloring. Speaking of crazy coloring, yeah. Uh, wait, are you looking at Number Crunch or are we doing New School? No. All right, yeah. So up next we've got uh, a, uh, a huge graphic novel, I would say. Uh, yeah. This is called New School. It's about a 1,000 pages. No, yeah. it's not that one. Uh, and this is by Dash Shaw, who did Bottomless Belly Button. Um, he Do- also did a Body Doctor World. Strange comic. Yeah, he did that amazing Doctor Strange comic in Marvel Strange Tales. Oh, yeah. Um, he also did a thing recently just called Three Stories. Yep. And uh, this is his new one, uh, New School, which follows a kid who goes out to... Is this a real country? I hope not. No. Okay. <laughs> so basically the story, the the gist of it is that um, there's this, this, this young boy and his brother have like a sibling rivalry and the older brother goes to live on this island nation where um, this crazy millionaire is building a clock world, which is an amusement park based on history. <laughs> um, and he's been gone for a long time. And so his parents send the younger brother to go find him. Um, that's the setup for this. And so this is like younger teen brothers where they're both like, yeah, they're both not quite old enough to be doing this sort the of one thing. brother is definitely a little older. And yeah. Yeah. The guy goes to find is like 18, I think. And yeah. He's but the younger brother is like young enough that this yeah. is pretty big adventure for him to be doing on his yeah. own. Yeah. And clock world is like a weird thing. <laughs> I don't know that sort of, there's like a kind of history of amusement parks in the beginning and also yeah. Yeah. like, uh, some other crazy stuff about being like, um, like being psychic about movies that are being made. Oh, right, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah, the, the, younger, brother, the younger brother Park. has, like, crazy psychic visions, yeah. Of Jurassic Park and the fact that Picard is going to be uh, Professor X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. pretty crazy. He has, like, a, a lot of premonitions um, that are, like, just really bizarre. But as it goes along, they become more, like, it's when he's younger, he has these weird premonitions about, yeah, like, movies like that. Um, but later it becomes more about, like, his life because um, he gets more focused and... Uh, it's it's one of the most fascinating books I've ever read, I think. So what would you say this is about? Like I said, it's just about <laughs> the, the guy trying to find his brother, and it's about them kind of reconnecting and kind of – it's almost like a coming-of-age thing because he goes to this island, and um, his brother – who like, they, they're, they're pretty sheltered. Their, pa- their parents are very, like, 
kind of like uh i don't know conservative is right yeah, word. Like just straight kind of, laced. yeah yeah and and so the, he goes here and he finds his brother is like drinking and like having sex with like women and just doing crazy stuff and like uh um and so yeah like he, he can't believe that his brother isn't still right watching like cartoons yeah. and drawing comics and stuff right yeah his brother stopped drawing and he's just doing all this stuff and ha- partying and stuff but that's, um that's that's even in some ways that's just the loose framework for all these weird yeah, I mean that's the that's the central on. part of it, and it's kind of them c- kind of coming to terms with their old life, and and just it's definitely a coming of age thing. Like, yeah. you know, it's about him like drinking his first beer, like trying to hit on girls, and but it's just all in this really weird yeah, setting, really, <laughs> um, with this like crazy amusement park and um, this this, this weird country, such a weird culture they're in. Yeah, yeah um, that they're and they're kind of trapped there and. They get involved in like some crazy stuff. They, the, at some point, they have like a falling out, and they the, the brothers tries to like destroy part of the park, like spray painting like drawings of penises everywhere. And <laughs> I don't know, it's pretty funny, and I, I, it's such a weird tone. It's like funny and kind of creepy at the same time. Well, um, everybody has a very strange way of speaking in the book. Yeah, I feel like definitely. yeah, it's like they're. Like the brothers, or you mean the the new country? Well, the brothers know? definitely do. No, everybody, even, everybody, everybody, everybody. Talks yeah, yeah. Like uh, they're very direct and and very wordy at the same time. It's it's yeah. it's weird. I mean, I know it's it's kind of Dashaw's style. But it's also that you know everyone there is like translating from a foreign language, so you get the further removed from what's going on. And here, hand me that book. Nick. It's <laughs> one of the greatest things is there's this this there's like so they they're on this island and they they decide to. They don't care about it anymore, so they just start stealing and doing crazy things. And they start. There's a really funny part where they take pictures of all the stuff they sold, stole, and it's really funny. So like Pinocchio DVDs and like Daft Punk albums. It's pretty funny. So like about the art. Uh, I yeah. mean, like, sorry about the uh, about the writing. Like I was talking about about the dialogue. So at the beginning, the what's the main kid's name? I know his brother's name Danny? is Luke. Yeah, Danny. And uh, he um, he basically traces this picture that this that his brother draws of a velociraptor. Right. And then when they're talking to each other about it, he is like, uh, like the brother comes in and finds out that he's told everybody that he drew it. And he's like, Danny, you claim this raptor. And he's like, I am sound asleep. And then the brother says, did you dream my hand your own? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Like that's what I mean when I say, yeah, but then they say stuff like, damn dude. (laughs) Like, it's really weird. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, he's like, confess, confess to your peers. But then he's like, don't be a prick. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. It's really weird. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no. And it's awesome. It's a very unique thing. I've never read anything like, no. Yeah. And just like, it just pulls you into its world. Like you, yeah. when you read and so talk about the art. Cause like the artist is, the art is crazy. It looks like color. It's, it's been drawn. Like it, it looks yeah. like it's been drawn with a Sharpie. Yeah. I think a lot of it is drawn with a Sharpie. Also uses, he uses, uh, I think he uses some paints as well, but then for the blacks, but then the, the, the backgrounds are just, ins- the colors are just insane. There's like, so he uses blocks of colors and then sort of, it almost looks like a Mark Rothko or something like, like the way the backgrounds are. Yeah. So, so my question about the back, so they're kind of hard to explain, but basically there'll be a page and it'll be three panels and then there'll be a block of green and brown that just runs through part of some of the panels. Right. Yeah. And, um, I felt like sometimes I was able to gauge how that was related to what was going on in the story, yeah. but then sometimes it really eluded me. So I don't know. I don't know thematically how much that fits into what's going on. Did you guys feel like it did, or I thought it it 
I don't know if it thematically felt, except for me, it really helped pull me into it that this was such a weird world, and it just helped set the tone that, like, this is something different and It's just unusual. very unsettling. Yeah. yeah, like, it's very unsettling. Right. Yeah, no, I, def- I definitely got a sense of that. Um, it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel right. And then in certain scenes, like, uh, you know, when he's having a dream, it's always blue, I, yeah. I think, right? Yeah. Or when he's having, like, a vision. So there were certain things like that. So I was I was looking always looking for that in everything, and I, I, was, I sometimes yeah. wasn't able to find it. But, uh, but I think it looks... Uh, great yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I love it uh and uh yeah i think a lot of it is drawn with sharpies yeah but he's really good with sharpies it's incredible yeah yeah it's really dynamic at the same time as being really simple and uh yeah i don't know and the book is really emotional yeah <laughs> yeah it's really good and yeah it's good stuff yeah, you, you guys Super can awesome. hear how much we're talking about this like it's one it's, of the best books I've it's read a challenging book year. he tries to do a lot with it I, I think it succeeds in a lot of ways yeah i think it's, it's successful it's really cool yeah. So. yeah it's a very satisfying read yeah, yeah it's great. so that is new school expect to see that on our best of the year list yes yep yep sure uh up next, a book that was okay, but probably will not make it on our best of the year list. This is Number Cruncher Number One. Uh, this is written by Cy Spurrier, who uh, Nick told me who that was, and I couldn't Six remember. Six Gun Gorilla. Oh, there you go. Six Gun Gorilla Six and Gun Gorilla. X-Men Legacy. Yeah. Um, and it's the arts by P.J. Holden. Yep. Who drew Number Cruncher. And everybody has a Cockney accent in this book. Yeah, they sure do. Yeah, so this is another one that ran originally in the 2000 AD Weekly Comic in Britain and that they're pulling out the storyline into a four-issue steer- series in America um, or just reprint as a comic series. Uh, this one is as weird as Six-Gun Gorilla was. Uh, this is weirder in some ways. Uh, this is basically a guy who makes... Like the classic, like, it, at the point of death, people are like, I'll do whatever, please don't let me die, and they're just praying to God or the devil or anybody to help them. And the main character does that, and in fact, someone answers him and says, you know, I will grant your wish, uh, but you have to work for me. And the guy who grants it is, rather than a deity of some sort, is a supernatural accountant who kind of runs the universe and makes sure everything works on time and sorts out problems. The divine calculator, I Indeed. think is his name. Yeah. Uh, and so the twist on that is once you've made this deal with the divine calculator, you are stuck working for him as a gopher and doing all of his dirty work or whatever he needs done until someone else makes a similar deal. And then that new person will replace you. So while he's doing this, he's constantly waiting for someone else to make this foolish, you know, bargain and then replace him, which is what happens in this one. And and there's a really cool thing they do in this where um, everything that takes place on earth is like in, in actually really good colors. Um, and then, Everything that's kind of in this weird afterlife is all in a sketchy black and white style. Well, do you see who colored it? Yeah, it's somebody it's amazing. Jordi Berlair. Yeah. yeah, the colored parts uh, look a lot better than the black and white parts. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I, I bet if this ran in 2008, it might have been all black and white to start. I'm not sure if she colored it. I, I don't know how it originally ran. But yeah, it worked I don't really know, well. Yeah, the black and white parts are drawn in a different style as well. Yeah, so, yeah. so um, that makes sense. I think 2008 is all in color now anyway, but... But yeah, it was it was interesting. I like that it represented uh, sort of hell as a bureaucracy. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, there's there's an interesting sort of so so kind of kind of one of the main things about that you find somebody who's going to replace you, and then there's a clause though. Basically, it's they live their life, and then when they die, they replace you. But if they live a life without sin. Then they go to heaven when they die. Right. right. So the main character is keeping an eye on this guy, and that seems like that'll kind of be a big part of the story coming right. up. And uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting. I, I didn't. I didn't like the art very much, to be oh, honest. Right. Yeah. Um, it was just a little like sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know because when it's like when it, when it's on the color parts, it looks so good. It's very different. 
Yeah, well, that's like... I mean, look how good it looks there. Yeah, that's like 25% of the book, though. Yeah. yeah. It's a weird thing. It's uh, a, it's I seems... think it'll start to be more of the book, but... Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It just There was just something a little inconsistent about it that didn't do it for me, but... Um, well, I thought that, like, he had a little text piece at the back, uh, Sice Prayer did, talking about this, about how this is such a non-high concept. It's just so complicated to explain, and I, I think that was part of the thing I liked about it was that the main plot with the new person they find it is a guy who makes this deal with the divine calculator, but is trying to find like the perfectly phrased contract so that this will actually work out for him. And then of course the divine calculator is trying to, you know, pull the loopholes that he doesn't know about. So it's like a kind of battle of wills between these people of how it's all going to turn out. So I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't mean for it to sound like I didn't like it. I I'll definitely read more of it. Uh, just my one sticking point was I, I, sure, I, I, on the I art. did not enjoy the art. Yeah. Much. But uh, yeah, but it was a cool book, and and like Jared said, a very interesting concept. Yeah. All right. Up next, we've got a a really cool book that doesn't really have an interesting concept. This is the Rocketeer and Spirit Pulp Fiction Number One. Uh, this is written by Mark Wade, who wrote uh, who's been writing. Uh, he wrote some other Rocketeer stuff. He's been writing Daredevil, and this is written, drawn by Paul Smith, who I feel like I should know who Paul Smith is. And I can't remember. X Men with Chris Claremont. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. that's it, what I thought. Leave it a chance. Okay. This is his other big uh, book. Yeah. Yeah. And. Uh, and when I say that this does not have an interesting concept, all I'm saying is it's a pretty by the numbers. The concept is in the title. Yeah. Like, it's the Rocketeer and the Spirit. Yeah. And Having that's pretty much it. in some pulp action. Usually we pick up the book and flip through it to tell people what it's about. But in this one, you don't really have to. Uh, Betty from the Rocketeer is doing some modeling work. Uh, she finds a body that washes up on the shore. The Spirit comes to California to check it out. And then the Rocketeer and the Spirit meet each other and have adventures. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> His art is amazing. The art is great. Uh, the storytelling is snappy and fun. It is uh, sort of delightfully misogynistic, if that's a thing that exists. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, but in a very self-aware way, I feel like. And uh, it's just silly. Yeah. Yeah. But enjoy, but totally enjoyable. I really had a lot of fun with it. Mark Wade is good at stuff like this, and after reading this, I think he's still good at stuff like this. <laughs> yeah. uh, Nick Nick was like, I was talking to him. Earlier. I didn't read it. I, Did just you looked, not, I just looked at the art. <laughs> oh, right. The art is great. He was like, I am rocketeered and spirited out, which is totally understandable. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. I can never read a rocketeer or a spirit comic ever again, and I knew it's great. Yeah, just, it's really I just good. Can't do it it's anymore. Really I reach my limit for like life. <laughs> I feel like um, I feel like the 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 first Rocketeer thing that Mark Wade did with Chris Samney like a year or so ago was really like the best Rocketeer thing. Right. Yeah, that's forever. the problem. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but I thought this was really well done, and they 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 kind of connect their two worlds in fun ways, and yeah, yeah. It's whatever. It's it, it, I enjoyed it. Though. It is exactly what it is. Yep, exactly. All right. Up next, we've got Superior Spider-Man team up number one. This is written by Chris Yost, who writes uh, just a ton Avenging of Avenging Spider-Man. Avenging Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, art by David Lopez, who draws Drew X Men for a while, drew some other stuff. Yeah, is a good artist. He is. Yeah, uh, kind of in that almost like a Javier Polito, Marcos Martin style vein. Yeah, uh, and this was Nick. Tell people what this is about. It's uh, about Superior Spider Man teaming up. <laughs> um, basically, if you, I don't know if you guys read Avenging Spider Man, but it continues a lot of the stuff from that. It's basically just a title change, um, but it definitely does a good job of kind of feeling like a new issue. Um, I'm going to spoil a little bit of this week's issue of Superior Spider-Man for you guys. Well, it does take on a little different tone from Avenging, I feel like, because when it starts out, it's about the heroes sort of almost hunting Spider-Man well, down. I, yeah, I feel, I feel like this is actually better read if you read this week's issue of Superior Spider-Man. Because <laughs> uh, in, in the current status quo, you know, it's Doc Ock as Spider-Man, but now he has minions and he has kind of an army and he... he 
kind of runs the whole city. Yeah, so, like, the interesting thing that's going on in Superior Spider-Man right now, I think, is that, like, basically... He's operating completely in every way that a supervillain would, but right. as a hero. So, like, yeah. he has, yeah, like, he has evil mil- minions. He has a secret lair. His he's base is lying on people. His he base is, is the raft being super yeah. violent. And, um, yeah. and he, yeah. I, I, I'm going to spoil the situation of Superior Spider-Man that just happened because it does in this as well. Um, but basically, he be, he gets minions and he instantly take destroys Shadowland. Like, all of it. <laughs> and, like, Kingpin's on the run. It's pretty great. In, like, one issue. Um, and they reference that in this. Uh, so definitely, I guess, read that first. But, um, yeah, it starts off with him going around just punching all these superheroes in the face. And the Avengers are like, <laughs> like, why are you doing this? Like, maybe we made a mistake by putting him on probation. The first superhero he punched in the face cracked me up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to say who it is. No, no, me neither. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Also, what's up with Cloak, Cloak and Dagger in this? Like, they have different... Uh, do they switch places? I don't know, but Cloak... Basically, Cloak is wearing white and Dagger is wearing black. Yeah, I don't remember when that happened. And she looks fine, but Did, he, Oh, did that happen in that Emma Rios? He looks so dumb. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think so, because I read that, and I, I don't remember I think it did that. happen Maybe it happened that. at the end or something. Um, yeah, so anyway, he's going around punching, and the Avengers are like... Oh, we put him on probation, but maybe we should do a lot more, because he's, he's, he's attacking all these superheroes. And then you find out that, you know, in kind of... Dr. Octopus's way that he's right and they're wrong and he rubs it in their face. Because he's still a jerk. Yeah. And, and then at the very end, uh, they sort of, um, a thing happens that has been building up definitely in Avenging Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's cool. So I, f- I feel like this is going somewhere. Yeah, and you can actually, I feel like you can read this without having read Avenging Spider-Man. Yeah, I think it's um, a good setup. Like, you won't see how he got to the point at the end, but you can understand. You figure it out yourself. Yeah, yeah. I think you want to be reading Superior Spider-Man before you read this. Right, right. Yeah. Um, the, the, so, the fun thing with Superior Spider-Man, and we just haven't talked about it in a long time because it's just coming out, is, yeah. like, the villains in this, like, some of the villains are, like, Carrion. Right, right. And the Jackal. Right. And yeah. it's like, those are like the worst villains, but because Superior Spider-Man is so fun and it's like Dr. Octopus at his body, yeah. I feel like you can have characters like that and you can do fun things with them and roll with it. Yeah. Goofy yeah. And, and it just works. Yeah, it's great. And that's why Superior Spider-Man is one of the best comics coming out right now. <laughs> it is awesome. All right. And uh, that's it for this week, you guys. Yep. Yep. We made it. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll be back next week, though. We're yeah. going to be back to normal. We're going to yeah. review a, a couple cool things. Uh, Barrel of Monkeys, which is a graphic novel Jared's been wanting so to talk about. Last of the Mohicans. We're going to talk about Last of the Mohicans because uh, that's all my fault. Uh, review the new Red Sonja series and a uh, graphic novel called Templar. A, bun- a bunch of other stuff, too. Yep. Yes. All so, that. Uh, send us some questions. Got a lot of comics to read. All that and more. Yep. On the next episode <laughs> of the Big Planet Comics Podcast. Come back. See you guys later. See you.